0: Hello and welcome to TanachStudy.com. This is Shani Tarragon, and today we're going to continue with where we left off with last shiur, as we continue with what becomes known as Avodat Yom Hakipurim, paying attention to the presentation of the laws, but at the same time, the nuances and the symbolic aspects of Aaron entering into the Kodesh Kodashim. We already noted in our previous shiur that Aaron is commanded to go in with a parb and bakar l'chatat and an ayel la'ula. This par, we already know from the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, is the type of karban wherein the blood is going to be sprinkled on the inside and the carcass brought on the outside, a significant karban khatat known as the khatat pnimit. We also noted that he's not going to wear his regular golden garments, not the eight vestments of the kohen gadol, but rather the four garments of linen that are generally worn by a kohen hadiot. Pasukay. Ome may eight a dat beis fra ill ye karshsi resim va a la la and he shall take from Am amis two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. ve kriva aaron et paratata sherlo the hipper ba ado ad beto and Aaron shall present his par. For himself, as kapara, for himself and for his family. And he shall take the two goats, the ones that represent the offerings of Am Yisrael, and he will place them before Hashem at the Ool Moed. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats. One is going to be for Hashem, or in other words, sacrifices a korban with the blood being sprinkled in the mikdash. And the other for azazil. What we're going to see means being taken out and killed outside of the encampment of Am Yisrael. And Aaron shall present the goat upon which the lot fell for laHashem, The goat that is set aside for God and offer him as a sin offering ya amod but the goat on which the Lord fell for Azazel shall be set alive before Hashem to achieve kapara, atonement for him to send him away for the Azazel to the wilderness. Veve a et parata ta sherlo theper Baado u bito at shahat et parata tarlo. And Aaron shall present the bull, his bull, for the sin offering, and shall make kapara for himself and for his house, and then kill the bull as a chatat for himself. And he shall take a griddle full of coals of fire from the altar before Hashem, and his hands full of sweet incense, ground down very small, and bring it to the area of the parochet, the veil, or the partition between the kodesh and the kodesh Kodoshim. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before Hashem, and the cloud of the incense may cover the R-cover that's upon the area of the testimony, or in other words, the luchot, so that he shall not die. Vella kachmi zamma par al pneha kaporet kedma vel pneha yaze min and he shall take of the blood of the bull sprinkle it with his finger upon the kaporet the cover of the ark on the east and before the ark cover shall he sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times bishachat et sircha tata sharlam vevi tamol mi betla parochit, Vasatamo satamol Damhapar, viza Otoal al kaporet vel and then he kills the goat of the sin offering, reminding us this is the sin offering of Am Yisrael, and bring his blood within the area of the parochet, the partition of the kodesh kodashim, and perform with this blood just as he did with the blood of the bull. Basically, sprinkle it upon the kaporet, the cover of the ark, and before the area of the kaporet. V'chipar ala mitum mitumot b'nei Yisrael umipishihem l'kol Khatutam. And he shall make atonement for this holy place because of the impurity of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions, even all of their sins. This is what he shall do for the Olam O'ed that dwells within Am Yisrael in the midst of their impurities. And he shall make atonement for bado Kahal and there shall be no man in the ol mo'ed when he goes in to achieve kapara in the area of the Kodesh, the holy place, until he comes out and has achieved Kaparah for himself and for his household and for all the assembly of Yisrael. And then he goes out to the area of the misbech in front of Hashem. To achieve kapara. This is a reference to the Mizbech hazahav, the Mizbech hakhtoret, that literally is directly parallel to the Aaron and the Kodesh Kodoshim. And that's where he's going to take the blood of the bull and the blood of the goat, combine it together, place it upon the corners of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it. And thereby remove the impurities of the children of Israel. And when he has finished atoning for the holy place, the area of the Kodesh, and the Olmoed, and the Mizbeach, he shall then return or present the live goat. This is the goat that has been set aside as the Azazel. And Aaron lays both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confesses over him all the iniquities of Am Yisrael, all their transgressions, all their sins, and he shall place them upon the head of the goat and then shall send the goat away by the hands of an appointed man. Into the wilderness. And the goat will bear upon him all the iniquities unto the land which is cut off, and he shall then let go of the goat into the wilderness. In the meantime, and Aaron goes into the tent of meeting. And shall take off his linen garments, which he had put on when he went into the area of the Kodosh Kaddoshim, and leaves them there. And he shall immerse his flesh and water in a holy place, put on his other vestments, referring to his golden, regular priestly vestments, come forth, offer his burnt offering, and the burnt offering of the people and thereby achieve kapara for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering, he shall then place a smoke upon the altar. And he who took the goat of the Azazel shall wash his clothes and bathe and immerse his flesh in water, and afterwards he may return to the camp. And the bull of the sin offering, and the goat of the sin offering, whose blood, both of whose, was brought into the area of the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim to achieve atonement, those carcasses will be carried outside of the camp and shall be burned together with their skins in the fire, with their flesh and their dung." And the person who burns those carcasses shall wash his clothes, immerse his flesh in water, and afterward he may return to the camp. And it shall be a statute forever unto you so that every year in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, the same time when you afflict your souls, and to not perform any work, that's when the Ezrach and the Ger, both the person who was born into Am Yisrael and the stranger, are going to ensure that this Avodah is going to be performed. In our next shiur, we will discuss the significance of this Pasuk, noting that Aaron goes in specifically on Yom HaKippurim, But today I'd like to focus more on part of the service itself, recognizing that as we look at this Avodat Yom HaKippurim, the Yom Kippur service, we actually find that there are numerous parallels to Yom Hashmini, the eighth day of consecration of the Mishkan. Although the special karbonauts of Yom Hashmini were a one-time event, we find a very similar set of karbonauts that are offered every year on Yom Kippur, which apparently reflect the very same purpose. Just like Am Yisrael on Yom HaShemini had to receive atonement for Chita Eagle, so too now on the anniversary date when Hashem said Psalach HaShnei Avanim Karishonim when Hashem had granted atonement, that's when they're going to bring very, very similar Karbanot. If on Yom HaShemini Aaron brought an Egel Lachatat, a young calf, then in Parshat Harimot on Yom Kippurim he will bring a par, an adult eagle, an adult bull. If Aaron brought an ayal as an ola on Yom Hashmini, then once again on Yom Kippur, he brings an ayel la ola B'nai Yisrael brought a seir on Yom Hashmini as a chatat, and once again on Yom HaKippurim will bring a seir Khatat. They brought a keves, a young lamb, as an ola on Yom Hashmini, and will bring an ayal, which basically is an adult keves, on Yom HaKippurim. Note how the basic structure of the karma notes is the same teaching us that Yom Kippur can be understood as an annual rededication of the Mishkan, especially from the perspective of its purpose as a site where B'nai Israel can receive atonement for their sins. Raviol Benun points out that there is an even greater relationship between Yom HaKippurim and the initial consecration of the Mishkan, the Miloim, for the Torah presents the Yom Kippur service after its description of the eighth day and the final day of the Miloim and emphasizes the association in the very first Pasuk. Hashem spoke to Moshe. Acharei Moch nebane Aharon, which occurred chronologically on the final day of the Miluim. Secondly, both Yom Kippur and the eighth day of the Miluim feature two distinct systems of karbonot, those of the Kohanim and respectively those of Am Yisrael. Throughout the seven days of the consecration too, we find a double set of karbonot, both representing the Kohanim and Am Yisrael. A strong textual parallel between the two contexts also underscores this association. On the eighth day of the Miluim, Moshe told Aharon, approach the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering and atone for you and for the nation and sacrifice the people's offering and atone for them as Hashem had commanded. If we compare this pasuk with the following expressions, of what we just read in the Yom Kippur service, whether it be verses six, eleven, seventeen, Aaron shall sacrifice the bull of his sin offering and atone for himself and for his household. He atones for himself and for his household and the entire congregation of Israel. This clearly resonates with what we learned in Parashat Shmini, with a, what Aaron must do on behalf of Am Yisrael on the eighth day of the Miluim. And lastly, on both the eighth day of the Miluim and Yom Hakippurim, the goal is the Shechina descending. In the former case, the entire nation earned this revelation which occurred on the Mizbeach HaChitzoni, the Mizbeach of the courtyard, whereas on Yom HaKippurim, the Shechinah is revealed only to the Kohen Gadol in the innermost sanctuary. Rav Banun points out that the original goal was for Hashem to be manifest to all of Am Yisrael. And that, if you recall, is partially what Nadav and Abiyu did wrong. They formed a partition They formed a mechitzah, they brought the Anan HaKetorah to separate between the revelation of God and Am Yisrael. But Hashem wanted to appear directly to Am Yisrael. But as Moshe explained then to Aaron, that through this manifestation of God, Hashem is sanctified and people now recognize to a certain degree how scary, how awesome how severe the appearance of God can be. From here on in, this manifestation of God is going to appear in a much more sanua fashion, in a much more modest manner, namely only within the Kotish Kodeshim, and not on a regular basis, but only once a year then will our own be privy to this revelation of God representing all of Am Yisrael. I like to call this transformation inside out. Everything that was done on the outside on Yom HaShmini is now going to be performed on the inside. In addition to these bases of association, we also find in Talmudic literature numerous associations between Dine Yom HaKippurim, including the Kohen Gadol being separated from his home for seven days prior to Yom HaKippurim, and the eighth day of the Mishkan's consecration, both of them requiring seven days of preparation. It seems that the basic relationship drawn by the Torah between these two events is not only to show us a parallel in the function, but also one perhaps serving as a continuation of the other. We've already spoken about how Aaron has to endure some type of atonement through the deaths of his children before he enters this Yom HaKippurim and achieves final atonement. But perhaps as well on Yom HaKippurim, the Kohen purifies the Mishkan and the Mizbah from the impurities that were generated throughout the year, restoring the Mishkan to its earliest state. Meaning, on Yom HaKippurim, the Mishkan returns the status that it had on the 8th day of its initial consecration when the Shekhinah first entered. Maybe now we understand how Yom Kippur marks the renewal of the Mishkan, the point in which it returns to its original state, allowing the Shekhinah to dwell in a home clean of spiritual impurities, reflective of the state of Am Yisrael. Every year we have an opportunity to thoroughly cleanse the Mishkan of its defects that it accumulated over the course of the year as a result of all of our sins. And this is a theme that we're going to continue to see highlighted through Avodat Yom HaKippurim, but the symbolic nature of the Mishkan literally and figuratively absorbing the sins of Am Yisrael. But we know that the comparison to Yom HaKippurim is not only through the cleansing of the Mishkan nor even the entrance of the Kohen Gadol to Kodesh Kodashim, and not even the revelation that he is going to be privy to. Rather the comparison involves much more than the aspect of cleansing. If we return to the Mishkan's initial consecration we note that there was one last stage that was mentioned at the end of Sefer Shmot and Hashem's commandments to Moshe that Moshe is not recorded at the ends of Sefer Shemots as actually fulfilling. And that is dressing the Kohanim and we discuss, if you remember, at the very beginning of our on Sefer Vayikra, that this is only going to be described in Chapter 8 of Sefer Vayikra to teach us that this is the last stage, that the point of Sefer Vayikra is to show us what is necessary to activate the Mishkan, not as a place just for the revelation of Hashem, but also to serve as a place wherein the Kohanim are going to ensure the maintenance of the Shekhinah. So at the last stage of Hakdasha is the dressing of the kohanim, or the kohanim donning their priestly garments. The Torah emphasized this component back in Periket, wherein Moshe brought Aaron and his sons forward and washed them with water. He put the tunics on them, he girded him with the sash, he clothed him with the rope, he put the ephod on him, Girded him with the decorated band on which he tied with him. He put the breastpiece on him, put into the breastpiece the Orin betumim, and he set the headdress the mitznefet on his head, and then he put the tzitz, the golden frontlet, upon the mitznefet, just as Hashem had commanded Moshe. We learned then that the importance of the ceremony, the dressing of the kohanim, was an integral part of the mishkan. They, just like the kilim, just like the vessels, required formal consecration through the sprinkling of blood and oil, as well as actually dressing the kohanim into the special clothing. These garments serve not only to activate their function, but also as l'chavod l'tefaret, preparing the kohanim for their service in the mishkan as those that are going to service intermediaries for Hashem. So dressing the kohanim is actually part of the miluim, the general process of preparation in order for the Shrinat to descend to the mishkan. Now let's take a look at what we just read on Yom HaKippurim. The kohanim are dressed once again in garments, but this time it's white garments of the kohen gadol, known as bigdei habad. And they're going to serve the function as restarting the role of the kohen. When the Kohen performs the normal functions of kuhuna, whether it's the sacrificing of the korban tamid or the lighting of the menorah, he's going to wear the regular gold investments. However, when it comes to the specific avodot that we just read about on Yom HaKippurim, he is going to stay with big day Lavan, almost as if to show that he's descending from his normal stature, reflected by not wearing his usual clothing. These garments allow the Kohen Gadol to start anew. He basically goes back to the state prior to consecration as a Kohen in the Mishkan. He wears these Day habad as if he's returning to his pre-Kohen garment state, only so that he can eventually change into his normal priestly garments later that day, assuming his renewed appointment to serve in the Mishkan. And when is this precise point during the Yom Kippur service, wherein the Kohen Gadol will change back into his year-round golden garments? The Torah refers to this clothing change immediately following the sending of the si'ir lazazil, the scapegoat. Aharon, at the same time that the si'ir is going to be killed in the Midbar, goes to the ol mo'ed, takes off his linen vestments that he put on when he entered the Kodesh and Kodesh Kodeshim, and then he immerses his body in water and puts on his regular bigadim. At this point, the entire service of Yom Kippurim has been completed. The Kohen receives permission to once again wear his regular garments, his priestly garments. This is highlighted by the words in Pasuk HaFdalit, As soon as he immerses, he places his clothing upon him. Well, of course, this is his clothing. But rather, what the Torah is trying to teach us is that the Kohenau is restored to his prior position as a Kohen Gadol. He has restarted that position just as he did on Yom Hashmini. The linen vestments that he was wearing on before were not considered his clothing. There isn't really any inherent connection between the clothing and the person wearing them. They're only worn for the specific purpose and function of Yom HaKippurim and entering the area of the Kodesh Kodashim. But as soon as he changes his clothing, then all of a sudden the golden clothing becomes his garments, Begadav, the garments of the Kohen Gadol, his special clothing that he regularly wears as he attends to his responsibilities in the Mishkan. The Kohen therefore must immerse himself prior to receiving and wearing his priestly vestments, because together with the Mishkan that has now been purified and the entire nation whose sins have now been forgiven, the Kohen is granted permission to serve as a Kohen Gadol once again for the upcoming year. I believe there's one last aspect of these big day habad recognizing that although they are not the regular clothes worn by the Kohen Gadol, these are the white regular bar- garments, the linen garments that are worn by a Kohen Hadyot. We mentioned this before in Parsha Chmini, but certainly as we began the Parsha with the phrase of Acharei Moch Nebene Aaron, we can only imagine what it was like for Aaron not only to light the fire. Not only to bring the Ketoret, not only to enter the areas of the Kodesh and the Kodeshim once again, but also to wear exactly the same clothing that his children were wearing as they died performing the service. Almost as if Aaron has to undergo his own deja vu, to remember what it means, to recognize the dangers as we discuss with regard to the cloud of the Ketoret, the dangers of getting close to Hashem on one hand, and then again, the availability, and the ability to get as close to HaKadosh Baruch as possible. This is exactly the point of Yom HaKippurim. No longer in the Chatzar, in front of everyone, no longer are we going to see the manifestation, the Rina, the prostration of the people, as they all witness the fire of God consuming the carbonotes of the mizbeach, but instead, they send Haron, the father of those that try to perform the service. He's going to be the one to enter the Kodesh Kodashim, where the same manifestation Hashem promises will take place. And then, if he can exit properly, then they know that they finally have achieved full kapara, complete atonement, not only for Heta Egil, but complete atonement for what Nadav and Abihu did as well. And this time, the Kohen Gadol is able to walk out of the Kodesh Kodeshim not only alive, but clearly radiating with a reflection of the Shekhinah on his face, the beautiful mare Kohen. The countenance of the Kohen Gadol that truly expresses and reflects the glory of the Shekhinah. In our next shiur, we're going to see the ending, the summary for this avoda that becomes associated with Yom HaKippurim And we're going to discuss whether or not this is something specific to one day a year.